Internet Broadcasting and Digital Outdoor. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. Inflation may be down, but it's not out. It's the latest sign that the pandemic fuel price surge is only gradually coming under control. The consumer price index rose 0.3% from December to January. That's up from a 0.2% increase the previous month. Compared with a year ago, prices are up 3.1%. That's less than the 3.4% figure in December and well below the 9.1% inflation peak in mid-2022. Correspondent Jeremy House, a sell-off has gripped Wall Street in the wake of the consumer price report. The benchmark's down more than 1%. From the mountains of West Virginia to the rocky coast of Maine, tens of millions of people are in the path of a powerful winter storm. The Nor'easter has closed many schools, canceled many flights as well. New York and Boston among big cities along the I-95 corridor where the snow has really been piling up. A deadly shooting in New York City. The gunman still at large. Gunfire erupted following a dispute between two groups of teenagers at a New York City subway station at the start of evening rush hour on a train platform in the Bronx around 4.30 p.m., a time when stations throughout the city are filled with kids coming home from school and many workers are beginning their evening commute. Officials say a 34-year-old man was killed. The wounded included a 14-year-old girl, a 15-year-old boy, and three adults ages 28, 29, and 71. I'm Lisa Dwyer. The $95 billion foreign aid bill that passed the Senate this morning may hit a dead end in the House, where Speaker Mike Johnson threatens to kill the measure because it fails to include funds to beef up U.S. border security. And on Wall Street, the Dow is down 523 points. The Nasdaq off 272. More on these stories at townhall.com. The new FedNow system is paving the way for the digital dollar. It grants the government unprecedented access to your financial transactions. This isn't just an invasion of privacy. It's a direct assault on your liberty and hard-earned money. It's another reason why I recommend physical gold IRAs from the Birch Gold Group. I'm Lance Wallnow. I'm a news analyst and a podcaster with nearly 25 million downloads to people just like you who cherish their financial independence. A precious metals IRA can help you avoid the scrutiny of Big Brother while also preserving your retirement savings through almost anything, including economic crashes, political instability, and even hyperinflation. To find out more, get your free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and see how a gold IRA can help you. Text FAITH to 989898. Remember, there's no strings attached. Text FAITH to the number 989898 right now. And I pray you're blessed with continued prosperity. This Caves Q News Flash, powered by Palm Mortuaries and Cemeteries. Stay active, be healthy, they would rather wait. Las Vegas' first Super Bowl was epic in many ways. It includes a historic betting handle for Nevada Sportsbooks. The Gaming Control Board reports Silver State Sportsbooks took $185.6 million in bets for Super Bowl 58, breaking the previous record of $179.8 million that was reached in 2022. Nevada's 182 Sportsbooks won $6.8 million on the game for a win percentage of 3.7%. Now that's the fourth lowest win percentage in the past 10 years. The handle itself better last year by more than $32 million, a more than 21% increase. 
Las Vegas' first Super Bowl also made some TV history. CBS Sports reporting Super Bowl 58 over at Allegiant Stadium was the most watched telecast in TV history with an average audience of 123.4 million viewers. Viewership was up 7% compared to Super Bowl 57. More than 202 million viewers watched at least a portion of Sunday's game here from Las Vegas, a 10% bump over last year's game. The game aired on CBS, Nickelodeon, Paramount+, Plus, CBS Sports, Univision, and the NFL digital platforms. CBS itself, the network, had the biggest share of viewers, drawing 120 million, the largest audience in history for any single network. Early groundwork linked to the Brightline West high-speed rail project could mean the long-talked-about project is finally happening. Brightline has reportedly been doing some field work in the median of I-15 in both southern Nevada as well as southern California. Project officials say the work is part of the final stages of design work before groundbreaking happens. Take AM670 with you wherever you go. Check out our website at 670kmzq.com. 670kmzq.com. Click on that Listen Live button. I'm attorney Paul Powell. If you've been in an accident, did you know that your lawyer can take 33% from your settlement, regardless of how little of money you get? That's right. You get hurt, and the lawyer takes most of the money. It's not very fair, is it? When you hire me as your lawyer, those worries go away. I promise to never take more money than you, and I put it in writing. If you're tired of greedy lawyers, call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com. I really can help. Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. KMZQ on-time traffic is powered by Meineke Car Care Centers. Right now, you can get an oil change for only $39.95. Meineke, doing car care right. No unexpected delays on our Valley freeways right now. Just uh, slow on some of the usual spots up and down the resort corridor between Spring Mountain and uh, Russell Road and the 215 Beltway. I do have uh, one accident on the east side on the surface streets, intersection of Lamb and Charleston to watch out for. We'll have some clouds roll in today with warmer temperatures compared with yesterday. We're going to get to the low 60s this afternoon. It's 37 degrees still right now, though. I'm Mark Thomas with your on-time traffic and weather on AM 670 KMZQ. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him uh, foot. Check it out. And 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 Joan, Shengang, Shengang's password, Shanga. Can I just say that of all the idiots? In all the idiot villages, in all the idiot worlds, you stand alone. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Wall. Hour number two, live and local. Everything you need to know to get your day started on this uh, Tuesday, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. And joining us now, uh, a regular fixture on Tuesday, Megan Barth, the editor-in-chief of TheNevadaGlobe.com. She's a friend, and it's good to have her on. Megan, what would you think of the Super Bowl? Well, um, mixed reviews. I thought it was a great game. Um, one of the, you know, most surprising games, especially at the end. But um, 
I was very surprised that during the halftime show, uh, I guess Vegas was out of white strippers and white trombone players. I don't know how hard they had to look to not find a white stripper in Vegas, but um, they they did it. I thought it was in the age of DEI, Kevin, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I call die. Um, there was no diversity, equity, and inclusion in the halftime show. Um, Zero. You did. You didn't like Usher. Usher. Whatever. It was more. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I he. He could have done backflips. I, I didn't care. It was like it was just. There was, it was a monolithic, homogenous halftime show, and I thought we were against that. I thought we were all for DEI, we wanted diversity, we wanted equity, we wanted inclusion, and there was none in that halftime show. Well, the one thing that uh, the game did have was uh, Taylor Swift. Um, are, are, Are you glad we're finally done with that, at least for a while? I hope we're done with it for quite a while, but obviously I think she's going to get involved politically. I don't know if she'll endorse Biden, but um, she's done it in the past. Uh, I was cooking dinner last night, and a song came on by Taylor Swift, and I'm like, absolutely not, and I just skipped right over it. Alexa, skip Taylor Swift. (laughs) Well, I don't have Alexa in my house, Kevin, but yes, exactly. Oh, my God. uh, um, Let's talk some politics, if we can. We'll we'll get away from pop culture for the minute. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm just curious what you thought of the Robert Herr report. I mean, it was incredibly damning. Um, People, even Democrat, even my Democrat friends are saying, the guy's got to step aside. He's got to step down. Uh, we got to have Kamala Harris as vice president uh, move up to president. we got to have it done. It's got to happen now. What do you think of what happened? Well, it's surprising to me that a special counsel can find uh, Biden uh, mentally incompetent to stand trial. But obviously, everyone else thinks that he's competent to run a country with the nuclear codes. Um, We all knew that Biden was deteriorating mentally and physically and deteriorating rapidly. If you look, I was watching a video um, from 2018 of Biden when he was in an interview with someone. Uh, And he was coherent. He was pretty clear. I mean, as coherent as Biden could be. Um, But he was clear. He was on his game. He he even said, you know, my age should be challenged. It should be a topic. Um, Well, it's a topic. um, And it's a topic because his health, his mental state, his his physical state has deteriorated and deteriorated rapidly. Um, It's no surprise that the special counsel found that he was uh, mentally incompetent to stand trial. That's exactly what they found. It's evident. It has been evident for quite some time. I I think that the powers that be, whoever's running the country, um, put him out on stage immediately following that report. The the report came out in the afternoon by 7 o'clock or so at night. He was uh, at the dais addressing the American people and the press. And he uh, didn't prove his competence. He actually proved his incompetence once again by mixing up the um, the leaders of Egypt and Mexico. You know, suddenly Mexico is bordering Gaza. Um, it was, I think, designed to further tarnish Biden because, as you said, the Democrats don't want him. But that's who they chose 
to install years ago. Um, Kamala, if the Democrats want Kamala Harris, please, by all means, run Kamala Harris. Run her. Uh, I think we'd have a better ta- better chance against Kamala Harris than anyone else. That is incredible, incredible. Uh, again, Megan Barth joining us, the editor-in-chief of TheNevadaGlobe.com. Uh, you got another uh, exclusive interview with uh, the uh, former president. Uh, wh- wh- what is your sense of Donald J. Trump, his mental state right now, um, you know, after after, after uh, uh, you know a lengthy visit with uh, the uh, former commander in chief, your thoughts on on Donald J. Trump uh, as we sit today? Well, I, I it's, it was my impression when I met him in person uh, last uh, July. You know, this was my third interview. They actually called me to schedule the interview, which is a nice feather in my cap. Um, I, it was over the phone, and it was prior to the caucus, which wasn't chaotic, um, as predicted by many. But but he is sharp. He's on the ball. He's curious. You know, at the end of the interview, uh, he wanted to know what was going on in Nevada. He wanted to know about the polls. Um, I asked him some you know tough questions related to all of the. Uh, you know, cases, legal challenges that he's facing, and he was very clear, um, didn't mix anything up, uh, as, as Biden often does. And, and, you know, Trump has mixed up a couple names, too. I think he referred to Pelosi as somebody else, et cetera. But there's such a vast difference um, be- between the competence of, of Trump and Biden, and it's evident. But I asked him about the, the border deal, and I asked him about McConnell's leadership, and and he, he didn't get into, you know, asking for McConnell to step down or, or calling for new leadership. He just said, I need to ask McConnell. But, um, you know, my my confidence in, in President Trump's mental acuity, uh, and physical ability uh, is, is just as strong as it was when I first met him in person last July. Well, and, and, and the truth be told, over the weekend, uh, Donald J. Trump was in Conway, South Carolina, and did a 110-minute speech. Not 90 minutes, but 110 minutes. And it was incredible. Did he mix some things up? Yeah, he did. He he didn't work off the teleprompter. He he did the, he kind of winged it, and he stepped in it a couple of times. But by and large, great speech, and 110 minutes. Uh, Joe Biden's lucky if, 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 if you get 10 minutes out of him. Yeah, I don't know why he has these press conferences when he hardly takes any pre- questions from the press. I mean, just sit in the Oval Office with a camera on you and say what you need to say. It'd probably be less, you'd be less vulnerable that way. But he has not given uh, a press interview um, in, in many, many months. Uh, you know, unlike President Trump, when President Trump was holding office, he would give impromptu interviews all the time. Uh, he would be speaking to the American people all the time. Uh, and and President Biden, when when he does finally come in front of the press, he you never know what you're going to get out of him. Usually, it's some sort of rage spiral and him screaming about something. Um, and it's 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 quite frankly very sad. Um, it, it's very sad that his wife and his handlers continue to kind of use him as a, just a figurehead in the presidency. When a special counsel finds that the president 
is mentally incompetent to stand trial. <laughs> how, how, how do you spin that into something that's positive? And how do you not, just out of the own safety of the country, uh, setting aside President, or President Biden's own physical health and mental health and his safety, but the safety of the country is the primary objective here, even though under President Biden, it seems like that would be the last priority of his. But the safety of the country is definitely at stake with President Biden at leading or, or whoever leading the country. I want to bring it closer to home, uh, if I can, because uh, uh, the name Rafael Arroyo was a name I had not heard previously. You did an exclusive interview with him. Uh, I know he was on Fox. Uh, I am dying after after your uh, your piece uh, uh, on the dot com. I want to know more about this guy, uh, Rafael Arroyo. Who is he, and why should we care? Well, he, um, he's running in a uh, what I would call a swing district, um, which is southwest Las Vegas. It's uh, part of uh, Henderson area uh, and some of the surrounding areas, and he is a small business owner. Uh, he started his business right when he got out of college at the age of 23 called Smog Plus. I'm sure that many of your listeners have gone through Smog Plus, and it allows you not only to smog check your car, but you can also register your car with the DMV. And he was one of the first to start that small business and offer DMV services. And, you know, his name came across my radar when Joe Lombardo endorsed him, but then it came across my radar when, I saw that one of his Smog Plus stations was torched. It was it was burnt to the ground, uh, and I'm like, who is this guy? You know, so I, I wanted to, to to talk to him to give him um, to amplify his name within the community to give him a little press, and you know, he's running for the right reasons. You know, he's not a lawyer, he's not a teacher, he's not a state employee, he's not a public defender. He is a small businessman who understands how regulations can inhibit the growth of a small business. And that's exactly why he got involved. He's getting involved for the right reasons to run for the race. You know, he's up against a a powerful incumbent, uh, but she's beatable. So, you know, he, he has a lot of good ideas as far as uh, from a small business perspective, he's a family man uh, from an education perspective. He notes that his three kids are in private school because the public school system is failing kids. So, you know, his idea, and he also obviously the victim of a crime. Um, he wants to bring back safety and security uh, to the streets in order to protect the communities and small businesses within that community. So, you know, we, we're seeing because of the, the because Democrats changed the the laws related to public safety, um, you know, they reduced uh, the penalty for the amount of drugs you can carry, including fentanyl. They reduced penalties to misdemeanors from penalty, uh, penal- felonies, et cetera. You know, we're seeing this type of California crime wave, if you will, now penetrate the outskirts of Las Vegas, like Summerlin. Yesterday, the Apple store in Summerlin was broken, or excuse me, it was Saturday, I believe, or the weekend. The Apple store in Summerlin was broken in twice in one day. Twice. We're seeing an increase of 
carjackings in Summerlin. So this is all a consequence of, you know, criminal justice reform. Well, criminal justice reform actually helps criminals. It doesn't help the innocent people in and around Las Vegas. And so we're seeing these increases in retail theft, in organized crime, in carjackings, robberies, et cetera, because criminals can get away with it. It's much easier. It's simply if they receive a slap on the wrist, that's the worst they'll receive in some of these cases. Megan, is public safety going to be on the ballot? Yes. I, I think that the economy is going to be on the ballot. I think that public safety is going to be on the ballot. And along that with, um, and I think education is going to be on the ballot. Uh, public safety is not only uh, the reduction, the, the criminal justice reform, which Democrats own, but it also comes through the southern border. And, and Vegas or Nevada in general is considered a border state when you look at the statistics. So, yeah, I, I do believe that it's going to be public safety and in no particular order, but public safety, um, you know, education uh, and the economy. I want to ask you in our final couple of minutes, um, a lot of people were really afraid of uh, the uh, uh, primary slash caucus. Uh, in your view, you had a you had kind of a ringside seat for this whole thing. Did it come off okay? You know, I, I think that the Nevada GOP did one hell of a job to get up hundreds of caucus location sites throughout the entire state, work with thousands of volunteers for the Nevada GOP to run the caucus sites. And they had about 60,000 people vote in the caucus. Was it record-breaking? No. But it certainly was an extraordinary turnout. Uh, and and there was actually more than 60,000, but provisional ballots weren't counted or ballots that were cast for any candidate that were that was not in the race any longer. So if DeSantis or Vivek or something received votes, those votes weren't counted because they weren't in the race. So more than 60,000 people did vote. And I would say, and, and, and I think the Nevada GOP would also say that it was a, a fantastic success despite all of the obstacles thrown in their way. Because you had plenty of pundits around Nevada, you had plenty of elected officials around Nevada slamming the caucus as rigged, slamming the caucus as unfair, slamming it as, as chaotic. And yeah, the lines were long. Um, but that just showed you how, how people are ready uh, to cast their vote for basically anybody but Biden. Uh, and, you know, you brought, and I love the, personally, I love the caucus. I, I've always been a fan of the caucus because people get out, people vote, people talk to their neighbors. You have precinct captains that are, you know, are running each precinct. It was good old precinct voting that we used to do for decades that worked very well. We got, and all those 60,000 votes, Kevin, guess what? We had the, we had the outcome of the election that night. We actually had, knew. Yeah. Yeah. You had precincts that were running thousands of people through their precinct. There was one specifically that had 1,200 come through, and that was one of the, the smaller uh, caucuses in Clark County, I should say. 
but yeah, we had the election results within hours. It was so nice. Isn't it? It's, it's the way it used to be, and it's the way I think yep. we all wish it would be well, uh, in, the, in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, now, is this something that, and I've only got like 30 seconds, but is this something the legislature is going to have to deal with uh, in 2025 when, the, when they're back in session? Well, it depends on who's running the legislature. So Good if the point. Democrats run the legislature, they aren't going to get rid of the primary because it's mail-in ballots. And they got rid of the primary because Bernie Sanders won the caucus. I mean, Democrats used to caucus for 40 years, too. But then Bernie Sanders won. And then Harry Reid said, oh, the caucus is unfair. Well, it hasn't been unfair for 50 years. But all of a sudden it was unfair because Bernie Sanders beat Hillary Clinton. That's why we have a mail-in primary. Megan, always good to visit with you. If folks want to know what you're writing about, what you're talking about, where do they go? TheNevadaGlobe.com, and they can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Nevada Globe. Megan, you have a great rest of your week. Thanks so much. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Thanks, Kevin. There you go. Megan Barth, uh, editor-in-chief of TheNevadaGlobe.com. Stick around. Lots more to do as we continue on AM670 KMZQ. Debunking both liberal and conservative rhetoric. Dan Bongino, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio done right. This segment of the Long Life Era is powered by Paul Mortuaries and Cemeteries. Stay active, be healthy, they'd rather wait. Marla Letizia is the founder of Long Life Era Community Facebook Group. We also know her as Nanny Bubby. You can embrace the mindset at longlifemindset.com. Okay, let's recap. What exactly is the Long Life Era Community? The Long Life Era Community started as an online community on Facebook, and it is a group of people who are basically baby boomers who are now living in their long life era, a reframing of the word senior citizen. And that's how it started. Age 50 plus? Uh, I would, it really is age 50 plus because the long life era actually starts when you turn 50 years old. What about the old soul? Somebody who's 35, 45 years old and wants to join, can they? They can because if they don't want to die young, and very few do, they will turn 50 and they will be living the greatest part of their life in the long life era, which is from age 50 to 100 years or more. Embracing that mindset at longlifemindset.com. Tell us about that. So the long life mindset states, I recognize living a healthy long life to 100 years and beyond is entirely possible. I embrace becoming a centenarian is part art and part science. I believe from this point forward, I am the artist and scientist of my own long life destiny. If you go to longlifemindset.com, you literally have the opportunity to add your name to a list of 120,000 people that will empower us to speak anti-ageism on your behalf. Embrace the mindset at longlifemindset.com and on social media. You're invited to join the Long Life Era Community Facebook group. They will stop at nothing to destroy our country from within. High inflation, chaos at the border, pro-terrorist rallies on college campuses. This is not the America our founding fathers envisioned for us. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel David Flippo, and I'm running for Congress to fight back against this liberal insanity. 
Nevadans are tired of watching our country and our state being destroyed by radical liberals and career politicians. Some politicians will go so far to win, they will switch parties when it's convenient. I've been a lifelong conservative Republican who spent 24 years fighting for this country in the United States Air Force. I spent my career defending the country I love, and I am stepping up once again to stop them from taking over our party, our state, and our country. But I need your help to win this fight. Go to electdavidflippo.com for more information. And together, we can flip Nevada red. This is David Flippo, and I approve this message. Paid for by the committee to elect David Flippo. Hi, my name is Amanda Sandoval, and this is my five-year-old daughter, Mariana. Today, Mariana enjoys school, but it wasn't always that way. She was born with a disorder, and when she started at her local public school, there was little hope that she'd be able to succeed. Fortunately, her parents were able to choose a different school that offered her exactly what she needed to thrive. For any family, the most powerful thing is having choice. You're putting your your kids in a program that's going to turn them into adults, and you want your kids to be the best adults they can be because they're our future. And I think that every family should have that choice. Unfortunately, most Nevada families don't have that choice. Education policy should focus less on budgets and politics and more on expanding opportunity for students. Every child should have an opportunity at the best education that they can get. <laughs> Learn more about how educational freedom can help Nevada students by visiting nevadapolicy.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Nevada Policy Research Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit. This is Live and Local with Kevin Wall on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio done right. It is live and local. Good to have you with us. Everything you need to know to start your day. Uh, coming up, Tom Wagner will join us. Uh, he is a candidate for Clark County Commission District C. Why is it important uh, that uh, that we need diversity on our county commission? Why is it important uh, 